Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, Brigham Dallas, and he's an entrepreneur and he's the founder and owner of Hello Sugar. It's a Brazilian wax and sugaring franchise based out of Arizona. And he's got a lot of insights into entrepreneurship, being a business owner, uh, marketing, and franchising. So it's going to be a fantastic conversation. And I'm happy to welcome Brigham to the show. W- welcome, Brigham. Christopher, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So you have a very interesting business. And, um, you know, I'm actually very interested in hearing about franchising and set the stage, the groundwork for how you got started and we'll dive right into it. Sure. First off, I, if you asked me seven years ago and said, Hey, here's a crystal ball. This is what your life will look like in seven or eight years. I would have laughed in your face and said, there's no possible way this is like going to happen. Like uh-huh. franchising was never even on the radar. I never thought that'd be a thing for me. Uh, I had zero intentions to do that. If you told me that I'd be doing Brazilian waxing for a career, I also would tell you that you're crazy. Like there's no chance in hell that that would be my, like my, my vocation, you know? And this is, it's funny how life turn of events, like just, just change for you. Well, I can tell you with this business, like I started in 2015, I had a one room studio. I started for $3,000 in the back of a plastic surgeon's office, Dr. Moshrafa. And that was like the Genesis. I, I figured out the the membership model, the pricing structure. I figured out some marketing tactics and I went real slow in the beginning. And the first year we did 70,000 income, the next year, 370, the next year, 900, (laughs) 1.5, 2 million. And we're close to 10 million now after eight years in Phoenix, Arizona. And so it just grew exponentially for like eight years. It's been like insane. And I'm just along for the ride, trying to keep up with it. Yeah, I love that. And I just love like once you figure out a, a business and then up, like it's always um, it really resonates how uh, business owners and entrepreneurs, they scale like, you know, you, you're talking about 70K one year and then the next year it's like, you know, double or triple and then eventually, you know, the six, seven figure, eight figure mark. And I love these stories. So kind of um, talk about, you know, we'll we'll break it down into a couple of categories. And um, one thing is uh, this innovative business growth. Mm-hmm. And you've seen remarkable growth with Hello Sugar. Looks like seventy six units in two in just two years. And <laughs> what are yeah like- crazy right? <laughs> like I I think we solved a problem that most people have, which is I don't have money, but I have a lot of character. I've got like business experience. I have a desire to be an entrepreneur, but I don't have money. When I started Hello Sugar, I had three thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. I had nothing right, and so and I and the idea of building a four hundred thousand dollar salon. It takes a year of your life to build and no clue if it's going to work. You're yeah. crazy. 
just <laughs> crazy to think that I could do that, right? Uh, what we've created today as a package is you can start a salon for $60,000 or less. It takes you two to three months to get up and running. We put them into salon suites. So think like we work, you know, like Adam Newman, we work the <laughs> office kind of rent, rent an office by the week kind of thing. You can do that for salons. So we can rent by the week in salon suites. Uh, we put something up with it. It takes a week to open the room. We hire two to three estheticians. We flood it with advertising because we do really good, like, like social channel advertising. And then within a couple of months, you're pro you're turning a profit, you're breaking even and you're building a business. And then once you prove concept, it's a lot easier to get loans from banks to be able to take that to the next level. And you're less scared because you're at least making enough money to pay the rents in that larger position while you're growing to the next level. So this like cascading risk and step function of growth, starting really small and building, uh, is something that we bridge the gap of. And that's been really appealing for business owners across the country. Yeah. I love your idea of um, scaling because I uh, you've done this in the retail, and I've, I'm all, I'm always thinking how to scale things digitally. Um, you know, transitioning from a single unit to a franchise model—that's a significant leap. And what are some of the biggest challenges you face? Oh, so you think when you franchise that you're running the same business just with different people? Franchising is not at all the same as running a business. So we're a tech company that does waxing. Like that's what the franchise is. We're providing tech that allows you to get economies of scale. So you think about this, like Christopher, if you're going to do a business yourself, why would you not just do it yourself instead of having a franchise behind you? Like why the franchise? Like some people it's like, Hey, I just don't know how to start a business, but that's not enough of a compelling reason to do the franchise model because once you're up and running, you know, the business, why would you want to keep paying royalties for the next 10 years? Right. So there's got to be some kind of like incentive that makes economies of scale apply to your single unit that make the franchise worth it. So I'll give you an example of this. Like if you're starting a hello sugar, we do all the reception for you. So there's no person in the front desk sitting out there, checking people out, answering the phone, calling clients. We can do it at the franchise level this year alone. I've invested over $200,000 in automation artificial intelligent chatbots and reception is overseas that do all the reception for you. And so that makes it so that your cost of reception, even if you wanted to do it yourself, will be half the cost, approximately half the cost in Hello Sugar with the franchise than if you did it yourself. So then you say, okay, we've got this huge competitive advantage by being part of the franchise because I can never spend $200,000 on my one unit by doing that. And then there's other things like, you know, the wax is cheaper because we can get it in bulk or the customer branding, the marketing is done for you. There's like all these things that are thought of that allow you to say, Hey, if I just follow this recipe, I could open four or five locations in the time that my one single business could figure out for one location and you have speed to market. Yeah. That's what makes a franchise compelling. Yeah. Yeah. I love this um, idea of um, which, so talk about like, for example, um, cause you talked about, um, technology integration or retail, what, uh, chatbots, how are you using chatbots? Like what, um, service or, um, software are you using? I'm just, I'm really curious about that. Yeah. They've been pretty cool. Actually. Uh, we've been, we've been kind of like as a, as a company, just throwing things around and saying like, dude, can you, can you break it? Like we try to break the chatbot, you know, yeah. uh, but we're using ultimate AI. It's the best in the industry. And it's the stuff Lululemon uses and some of the biggest names out there. They're expensive. The down payment was 130,000 to start with this company. And so you really got to do your homework and say, is this something that's like a strategic move for the future? And for us, it was right. Like the idea of being able to eliminate a lot of the customer service interactions 
that are painful for customers, right? Like, <clears throat> like waiting a long time for a response or yeah, like we want things instant, right? So with the chatbot, it's 30 seconds it's responding to you. And so <clears throat> we set it up and the way this works in the AI space is you have a confidence level and a, and a percent quality level. So you could be confident that this is what the user wanted to hear, but not confident on the quality of the message going out. So you have to, you have to get both of those above, let's say 97% before we roll out a bucket. And so the way it works for us is like, let's say you have a couple of buckets. We call these intents. So one bucket is scheduling. I'd like to schedule an appointment. One bucket is rescheduling. I'd like to reschedule an appointment. One bucket is questions. I'm on my period. Can I get waxed on my period? You know, like, and so you have all these like intent buckets. And then what you do is you just tell the AI, here's kind of the way this will sound as a query, mm -hmm. go put it into a bucket. And by doing that, you raise the confidence that it understands the question. Yeah. And then as it's responding using its own algo to respond to that answer behind the scenes, you're just ranking it good or bad. Mm -hmm. It could be better. It could be, you know, it, maybe it's not there. And then as it does that, it builds the quality. And once the quality and confidence level go above 95, 97%, then we say, anytime you see this type of intent, go ahead and try to answer that. And slowly we've reduced the cost of our labor. Uh, we're down about 30% since September on labor costs. You know, you're obviously, you know, seven, eight figure. What about like, you know, someone who's starting out, they want to think about AI chatbots. Like what are some like lower tier, like <coughs> for, for AI chatbots are it's very hard with low amounts of data, right? So you need at least a hundred impressions to, tr to train an intent on one of these. I don't think it's the right fit. Um, unless you can take a plug and play chatbot. You're like, let's say, okay, for example, let's say you're a e-commerce store. There's a lot of e-commerce chatbots out there that have already figured out what most of the questions are. Like, I need to return this. Like, what's the shipping cost? Like, where's my tracking information? It can do a really good job of using the same plug and play and then applying it to your specific business because it's so replicable across other businesses. If you're a service-based business like we are, it's going to be hard as a one-off to start implementing AI. So let's go to like the next best thing. Let's use cheap labor overseas, figure that part out, and then move to a chatbot later on. Fascinating. I, I yeah. Love I love the way you think this, like this really, cause you are understanding like scale economies of scale. And then, uh, so I really love that answer. Um, Thanks. the next question is, um, when you do this, you know, technology integration and, uh, you know, the franchise model allows you to scale more cause you're basically selling, you know, kind of, I guess it sounds like almost like shares. Um, and, um, you mentioned some contrarian business practices you successfully in implemented. Yeah. So share some of those. Yeah, for sure. So a contrarian, contrary, contrarian business practice is something that is just completely <laughs> different from everybody else, right? And so I, I like to compare this to dating. So when I was dating, I'd always ask the question, what's something you believe that other people think is crazy? And I'd get some wild results like with the, in, the, in the dating realm. But I always think about that question even with business. And so I ask myself, like, what's something I believe that other people think are crazy? And I'll give you a couple examples. Um, one is in 2019, everybody told me, I, everybody in my company told me I was crazy when I stopped answering the phone. <laughs> Everyone said, that's the dumbest thing you'll ever do. But I looked at our stats and we were growing so fast that we were only answering 35% of all phone calls that came in. Yeah. And so I said to myself, 65% of people are having a bad experience. Yeah. They would have a perfect experience if they texted us 
and we had more time to get to them because, you know, usually phones ring in surges. So it's like 10, 10 calls at once is what happens, you know, but with text message, Hey, I'm going to get to you. Give me five minutes. I'll get you a response, you know, and you can always respond to all those. So one of the first things is contrarian is we don't do phone calls. You call hello sugar. It's, Hey, as soon as you hang up, we'll immediately text you and hand and help you. And then if you need a call back, just text us and let us know you need a call back and we'll call you back. And so it's like that kind of like service uh, through text messaging was like a big one for us. Another one that's contrarian is I don't think you need a lot of money to start a business. Even in like a very brick and mortar type space, I started mine for $3,000, right? Like everyone told me that for a waxing salon, you need a $400,000 loan. Oh. And I just put something in the back of a plastic surgeon's office. Did it do the volume of a $400,000 unit? No, but I could prove the concept. I could get profitable and I could get business loans without any money because I could prove the concept at a smaller level before going larger. Yeah. Uh, and then the most recent one, this one will get you, Christopher. This is the premise before I, I tell you what it is. The best tennis players in the world all have coaches and all watch replays of their game. That's typical of most athletes, right? Yeah. And so in, in Arizona, I was thinking, I want to make Hello Sugar the world's best education program for estheticians. So I followed that same model. We, uh, with consent, obviously, we film a Brazilian wax of the estheticians doing a Brazilian wax, the, the person knows it's not like hidden cameras or anything. It's like, they're, they're usually an esthetician on esthetician, yeah. but we film a Brazilian wax and then we send it to our best trainers in the company. There's like two of them and they grade it. And they have a 50 point grading scale on pain management where they grade to see if this is like, according to the hello sugar way. And everyone told me, you can't film this. You're crazy. Nobody's going to allow you to do that. They're never going to want you to do that. And it's been one of the best things for our company because now, you know, like when you wax for the people watch, like listening and not watching, imagine if you hold your arm up and, and you're waxing the hair off your arm and you pull the wax upward, that's mm -hmm. going to lift skin. But if you pull in the direction of your skin, you know, mm -hmm. so parallel to your skin, it doesn't lift the skin up. And so on camera, we can't see this unless you slow motion it. You can see that they're pulling up versus pulling forward. And I can oh. slow that down and be like, nope, this technique is wrong. You got to redo it this way, or just even the way you hold your hand while you're waxing, we, we could, we could follow that. And so filming things has been a huge lift for the company. That's been like a, a huge contrarian principle. That's been a, a big blessing for us, even in the waxing industry. Yeah. Yeah. So fascinating. Like, I love your ideas of scaling and um, proof of concept. And so kind of final question is reflecting on your journey um, into one of the fastest growing franchise, what piece of advice would you give? Um, for those listening. Yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to back up and talk about burnout for a second. So people experience burnout within companies because it's not going the way they expected. Mm. And then they're stuck putting a lot of effort into something that's not producing what they, the expectation was. And so there's alignment issue. You could work on something forever. If you feel aligned that the growth is happening and it's like producing results for you. But when you're in a situation where whatever you're building is not growing, you don't have any energy to build that, right? So, and it takes a massive amount of effort to get something from zero to 76 locations in two years, a massive amount of energy. And so if that is your case, if you're in a place where you're feeling burnout, if you're not growing, you need to somehow reduce the friction and barriers to your growth. Okay. So most salons, for example, start out at a $400,000 build. We start out at a $60,000 build. And that's allowed us to lower the barrier to entry, barrier to enter into the market, 
to allow for faster growth. And so this is on purpose. Uh, typical franchise fees for a business are 50,000. Our franchise fees are less than half of that. They're $20,000 to join. And everyone tells me, you got to raise your franchise fees. No, we're not raising our franchise fees because we want a ton of people coming in. Because if a ton of people keep coming into our business, that growth is exciting, invigorating, and the whole team is now, they got something to work towards. And when they have something to work towards, they work harder because of that positive reinforcement of the growth itself. And so that's my that's my advice for people. And it might be a really like esoteric, like outside thinking kind of advice, but somehow figure out for you and your business how to lower the barrier to get somebody in the door or to grow your business. For Hello Sugar, we give away free bikini waxes. Free, completely free. If you want to try Hello Sugar, we will let you try it for free. Come in the door, try us out. Because I know that if you come in the door, we're going to convert those people to memberships. And it turns out in Hello Sugar, 45% of the people that come in the door buy a membership after they come in because of the good experience they have. Nice. How can yeah. people how can people check out Hello Sugar, follow your socials, see the work? Uh Brigham Dallas on TikTok. That's like where I post all my like like business stuff and all. Brigham yeah. Dallas on TikTok and then all my social channels like hellosugar.salon is the website. You could Google it, Hello Sugar Franchising. You could Google it and find us. Uh, and learn more about it. And then we would love to meet with anybody interested in franchising at Hello Sugar and teach them about this business opportunity. There's a reason it's grown to 76 locations in two years. It's an amazing business model um, and it's very doable even with your full-time job. You don't have to know anything about waxing. That's totally fine. Uh, it takes about five to 10 hours a week really to to get it up and running. And yeah, it's a, it's a cool, fun business to get involved in. And we'd love to talk to you if you're interested. Yeah, for all the audience out there, let's thank Brigham for coming on and a really insightful conversation about scaling and innovation. And be sure to follow his socials and give him a... And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks, Christopher. It was a pleasure being on your show.